Good evening, everyone. It's Thursday, which means that it's time for Necromaniacs. Here today with Mike Scandato. How's it going, man? I am very well. What's up, everybody? That's right. It is Necromaniacs podcast time. Beautiful Thursday in the thick of October, in the thick of Halloween time. And uh, yeah, you know, trying to get as many new horror movies under our belts as we can here, folks. We're trying to keep up with the content out there. And I feel like there's just so much happening this year around Halloween that it's difficult to keep up with all the new movies. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, there's quite a bit going on. Um, I Mm. actually purchased tickets to uh, check out Terrifier 2 in the movie Mm -hmm. theater. And um, I'm going going in a couple days. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to see that. So uh, anyone, the listeners who have been wondering, yes, we will cover it uh, very soon. Uh, But of course, you are going to get, after this episode, our three-way discussion of Halloween ends. Just want to give a little teaser out there in case those were wondering when we were covering that. We will cover that. So we're not going to talk about Halloween tonight at all, Michael. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think uh, that episode will be out the week of Halloween. Right. So um, Halloween week will be the Halloween episode. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to talk about uh, our opinions on Halloween and the movie. Um, yeah, so uh, this past weekend, Mike, we, uh, we, we, we hung out together Saturday, didn't we? Yeah, no, I had a great time, man. Back in Brooklyn, Coney Island, good times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my uh, my band Inhuman did a, a show outdoors at the Coney Island Brewery with uh, Rebel Matic and Kings Never Die. It was a lot of fun, great turnout, a lot of uh, old faces, new faces, you know, good times all around. Thank you uh, if you came out to the show. Thank you very much for me and the Inhuman crew. Yeah, it was good times, man. I saw a lot of people I haven't seen in a while. Um you know, and I used to spend a lot of time in that neighborhood, you know what I mean? I used to mm-hmm. live out there for a while, you know, over the yeah. years, spent a lot of time out there. And um, yeah. so it was good, you know, a little, uh, you know, nostalgic, you know, being in Brooklyn mm. since I don't live there anymore. But uh, yeah. you, know, you can always come and visit, I guess. That's true. Memories, man. The memories come come flooding back, as they say. <laughs> But yeah, it was a lot of fun. I like that place. I like playing there. I like that stage setup they have. And my hat's off to Jerry Farley, who puts on all of the shows there. You know, um, he's going to be doing stuff next summer and got a lot going on. So yeah, my hat's off to Jerry and the, the entire staff at the Coney Island Brewery. Um, yeah, man, fun times indeed. Um, I, uh, Got to also, you know, like catch up with people I hadn't seen in a while, too. You know, there, Mike, there were people who came to that show who used to go see Inhuman in the late 90s and early O's, and I have not seen them since. I'm not kidding. Yeah, there, there was a ton of people there, man. Ralphie Boy from uh, Disassociate uh-huh. was there. Yeah, um, uh, from Sick of It All. Yeah, yeah, Lou. Um, um, you know, a bunch of people I haven't seen in a minute. Yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun, and uh, it meant a lot to us that people came out and had a good time and yeah man good shit uh at the top of the show dear listeners if you're a new listener an old listener you may know that we like to do the plugs uh and the plugs are when we promote 
our our friends, our gang of podcasts in this world, right, Mike? That's right, man. We got a nice little group of uh, like-minded people out there. And pretty mm-hmm. much every day during the week, you can check out a podcast by one of us, which is actually pretty cool, I think. I agree. Yes, you can. Why don't you tell them what we got on Monday? Right, on Monday, we got Horror Wolf 666, brought to you by Brandon Legion. And uh, he is another another horror podcast. However, there's a distinction between what he does and what we do. Brandon is based his bases his show on interviews and he talks to mm-hmm. all kinds of different people filmmakers actors old school dudes up and comers really mm-hmm. good show definitely check it out it is more of uh, what i'm going to call guest driven it is a guest driven show whereas our show is more of a chatty opinionated review show right mike <laughs> yeah, it's, a re- it's a review show that's exactly it's a right show. Yeah. exactly not a guest show although we have had guests on the show right mike i feel like people didn't really uh yeah they, they kind of didn't feel those episodes so that's why we haven't done done any of those in a while true true i think the basis of this show is is, is different than you know the horror wolf show and that's why we make for Good bedfellows, as they say. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, on Tuesday, folks, into the necrosphere for all of your extreme metal needs. Uh, big fan of that show. And coming up very soon, very, very soon, is the episode where Mr. Hill and I are guests. We are not telling you what that episode is about. That episode has a very specific topic, right, Mike? That's right, and I think I might have said some uh, controversial things on that show. So, uh, you know, so everyone keep that in, keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, um, Mike and I are, are big uh, metal fans, and uh, if you're a metal fan, you're going to want to tune in to that particular episode of Into the Necrosphere. It's the crossover episode, Mike, between us and uh, the Necrosphere. That's right. And everyone loves those crossover episodes. Mm-hmm. That's right, man. Like those cool superhero crossovers, you know? Great shit. Uh, on Wednesday, uh-huh, we have the one that started it all. The face that launched a thousand ships, as they say. Uh, <laughs> Everything Went Black podcast featuring Mr. Mike Hill himself. Mike Hill, tell the listeners, the new listeners, a little bit about Everything Went Black. Well... Everything Went Black um, is is a very, uh, let's say, eclectic show. We have guests. Mm-hmm. I do some stuff with some recurring co-hosts like Ralph right. Schmidt. You know, Jay Bennett's mm-hmm. been on a bunch. Actually, the very first episode was with you. And, That's and it right. Was, uh, after we saw a Serbian film in, at the Alpine in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And, and now, that was the, the nucleus of Necromaniacs. That's yes, right. That was the yeah. nucleus. And anyone who uh, caught the show yesterday will realize that there was not a new episode because I had some uh, unforeseen circumstances I had to deal with last week. And I had to mm-hmm. pull one from the vault. And coincidentally, it was an old show with Mike Scudato. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. We're going to, you know, in case people didn't check it out, shame on them. We will not reveal what that one was about. How about that? Yeah. You know, it's never too right. late, though. Never too late. Never too late. Go back into the back episodes of us, into the, everything went black, into the, into the necrosphere. 
a lot of great content. Uh, on Thursday, you have, you guessed it, the Necromaniacs podcast, which you are listening to right now. And I really hope you subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Mm -hmm. uh, on Friday, you have my flesh and blood, the elusive and mysterious John Draper himself <laughs> with his Break the Apocalypse podcast. Uh, check it out for your comedic needs, topics of the day. Uh, very interesting podcast. Uh, what do we have on Sunday, Michael? On the Lord's Day, we have Soul Knox brought to you by Carl Hikara. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's for all things occult, weird, and esoteric. And uh, talk about crossover episodes. You have been on his show, of course. Yep. Uh, and uh, Jackie from Into the Necosphere has recently been on his show as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See how see how uh, how this all works. You know, we mm -hmm. all work work together. You know. You know, one day one of these shows, hint hint, will ask little old me on the show. You know, have me as a guest on one of them. You know, that would be nice, right? Yeah. No, totally. <laughs> Yeah, actually, real quick about the elusive John Draper, man. Yeah. I, I was uh, looking forward to catching him on Saturday, you know. Yeah, he, he uh, alas, he could <laughs> not make it. Um, but I'm going to see John in uh, November, uh, November 4th, actually, when our buddies in Black Anvil uh, are who, ugh, who are going on tour with Immolation, Cannibal Corpse, and Dark Funeral. That is the Albany, New York date, Michael. So, uh Stella and I are taking the trek up to Albany for that. Right on. Sounds like a good time. And yeah, John will be there too. John will get his, his medal on. So yeah, it'll be a fun time. Indeed. <laughs> Aside from that, uh, before we get into the actual film of the night, Mike, want to share what you've been reading, watching, listening to? Well, I've really been into this uh, Let the Right One In showtime series you know there's uh two episodes up mm -hmm. it's um i was very dubious about it at first you know i remember rennie brought it up and i was like ah, i don't know man and then i checked it out and uh i gotta say man i really dig it it's uh obviously a departure from nov the novel and the swedish movie the original and the American movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't, this I don't, is the yeah, fourth go-round. If you yeah. really think about it, if you really think about it, this is the fourth, like, you know, uh, I don't know what the word is, not fourth property. It's it's like the fourth adaptation. It's pretty amazing, huh? Well, it's yes and, yes and no. It really doesn't have much to do with the storyline of the, uh, you know, of the movie slash books, the books, right. you know, books slash movies. It takes the idea, some of the character, you know, points, and kind of goes off in its own direction. And it's um, it, it reminds me a little bit of a Vertigo comic from the '90s. That's you know? a great, uh, great accolade. I saw episode one and I dug it. Uh, may even go into episode two tonight, actually, yeah. before I hit the hay. Uh, yeah, I liked episode one quite a bit. Um, so yeah, uh, so far from the Necro camp, the uh, the let the right one in gets gets the thumbs up there, huh? Yeah, yeah, I dig it, man. And uh, and I've been uh, 
you know, banging out episodes of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And uh, oh, cool. I've always been a big fan of that show. And it's been a while since um, I've revisited it. So it's good times. What service is Buffy on? Hulu. Oh, excellent. Okay. Um, I, what have I been watching? I mean, honestly, super, super into the last episode from last night of House of the Dragon, Michael. Did you see that episode? I kind of fell off, actually. Uh, last night, though, man, it made the last two or three, which were, well, just okay for me, uh, all worthwhile. Not going to spoil it for those who haven't seen it. It was a gangbusters episode. It was kind of what I've been waiting for this whole season. to like. I really like Game of Thrones. I was a big fan of it, and... and the cool thing about Game of Thrones to me was that I felt like, at least for a good majority of the show's run, every episode there was something going on. It was there was action. You 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 were not kind of looking at your phone, man. It was it was a pretty fucking hardcore, exciting show. And to me, last night's episode of House of the Dragon was reminiscent of like top game game of thrones that that is what i will say as opposed to like i think the last few episodes this season which have been eh, kind of hot and cold and uneven um it's it's what i really wanted to see me and my brother john were talking about it today and it was like finally you know like they 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 gave us what we wanted (laughs) so yeah good episode yeah i'll probably catch up on it i just um I don't know, I just kind of wasn't really feeling it at first, but you know, I'm sure that I'll I'll, I'll rip a couple a couple of episodes at some point. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, as far as on the listening front, uh, been listening to a bunch of Death Spell Omega in the last few days. I've been putting them putting them on in the background while I work. Uh, some Funeral Mist. Um, who else? I've been listening to My Dying Bride. It's My Dying Bride season, really, Michael, if you really uh, think about absolutely, it. Absolutely, mean, man. You know, it's kind of like My Dying Bride, Old Anathema, Old Paradise Lost season. Like October, November is uh, great months for that kind of stuff, in my opinion. Would you agree? Yes, I totally agree with that. <laughs> um, it's funny that it's like people probably wondering, oh, what about typo negative? I don't necessarily need a a month for typo like you know october is obviously a great typo month but i'm kind of a kind of a year rounder for them you know Uh, especially like the first two records in particular and dead again uh the last record which i really really like which is finally getting reissued properly uh in november from uh, nuclear blast on cd and vinyl been completely out of print for a very long time so that's good yeah, typo um, also sounds really good in the summertime too. Yes, hell yes, agree, totally agree. Uh, tonight, folks, we are keeping in line with the new material. Uh, we have covered Dahmer, we've covered the Monsters, we covered Nope, we covered Glorious, and tonight we are covering the new film from one of our would you say favorite directors collectively? Would you say? Would you agree? Yeah. Oh, totally, man. And, uh, of course, I mean Dark Glasses from the maestro himself, Mr. Dario Argento. Very cool 
that we get to do an episode about a new Argento movie. Isn't that a good thing? Yes, especially after, um, how how am I going to say this? Uh, (laughs) The um, quality of his last couple things. Dracula is not a good movie. Um, I remember we I watched it and I, I remember you and I, you know, watched it separately and, and I remember we, we talked about it and we were just like, wow. Like, you know, I mean, we really wanted it to be good. Like I remember I was like kind of stoked on it. Yeah, there was a lot of shitty advance word on it, and I kind of knew it probably wasn't gonna be that great. But I didn't care. Like I put it on, and I was excited anyway. <laughs> you know, it had Rucker Hauer in it, and you know, you know, like sometimes when you know something's gonna be bad, but you don't care because you want it to be good. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's I that was Dracula. I, I've had that experience, you know, for sure. Um, I gotta say that has been several Argento movies in the modern era. Uh, Dracula 3D, uh, you know. Giallo and and the, you know the Mother of Tears are movies that I literally have seen once each, and I've had no desire to go back to. What do you? What about you? For those three movies? Yeah, I'll never watch those again. Yet, <laughs> yet I just watched Suspiria and Inferno, like a, mm, yeah, about a week and a half ago. So okay, um. I'm going to say it right off the, uh, you know, at the jump here. Uh, I feel that Dark Glasses is his best movie in 20 years. Uh, 20 years ago was uh, Non Hosono, uh, Sleepless, uh, in, in the good old uh, USA. I thought Sleepless was quite good, and I enjoyed it. Um, but everything after Sleepless, Card Player, Mother of Tears, Giallo, and Dracula 3D... No bueno. Um, but I am happy to report I enjoy Dark Glasses, Michael. What about you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it actually, it, I mean, it plays like a real movie. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> like, unlike, you know, say, for example, Dracula 3D. <laughs> you know? Um, you know, Dracula yeah. 3D looked like uh, it was on, like, the Sci-Fi Channel or something like that. You know, Right. It looked... TV movie-esque like, didn't it? It it looked like very little was spent on it. It just it just was not shot properly, you know? Um, and I don't it's like a part of me wants to see it again, but I'm kind of like you, where I kind of have no desire to see it again, even though it has Rucker Hauer and Aj Argento in it, it doesn't save it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just don't have that kind of time, man. No, to be no. Uh, you know doing doing stuff like watching that movie again, you know. <laughs> uh, another cool thing about uh, Dark Glasses, it is his twentieth film, twentieth directed movie. Mike, did you know that? Uh, no, but uh, yeah. you know that that's quite an accomplishment. Oh hell yeah! I mean, um, you know. And, this movie came out in Italy uh, on February 24th, 2022, and it literally just hit Shutter last week. It actually hit Shutter uh, October 13th. Um, the Blu-ray, uh, U.S. Blu-ray, actually came out October 7th, which I, I'm tempted to pick up 
were you were you thinking the same when you watched it? Yes, I was thinking about getting the Blu-ray, and I also purchased the film the film score. Yeah, uh, again, the score on this one, folks. While not Goblin, it is pretty damn banging. Uh, little sidebar to kick this off about the score. Uh, initially, Daft Punk was set to do the score for this movie, uh, but they were replaced by the gentleman who did do the score, Arnaud Rebatoni, uh, because Daft Punk went on to break up. Uh, they broke up before they were actually able to kind of get it done. Uh, doesn't matter, man. This is, this is banging. Arnaud Rebatoni did a fantastic job here. Yeah, man. Apparently, he's in a band called Black Strobe. Mm, which is, um, okay. I checked it out. You know, it's um, you know, similar to the sounds of this uh, film score. You know, electronics. There's some experimentation going on, but I mean, this this film score different. You know what I mean? Different from like a Goblin type of thing where there's like you know, jazz kind of the Goblin sound. You know? Yeah. No. Uh, this is like straight up like electronic music. You know? Yeah, like dance music. Dance music, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, but it, it's fucking cool, and it works very well for this film, I think, or I thought. Uh, just a bit of a rundown here. Uh, Dark Glasses, Okiala, 2022 JAL film, written, uh, directed, I'm sorry, and co-written by Dario Argento, his first work since Dracula 3D back in 2012, as we said. Uh, Argento co-wrote this one with Franco Farini, and Carlo Lucarelli. Uh, it stars Ileana Pestarelli as Diana, Aja Argento as Rita, Andrea Geffarelli as Matteo, uh, Zingu Zhang as Chin, uh, and several other smaller roles. Mainly four, four main characters in this movie, would you agree? Yeah, yeah, definitely, and uh, and Chin is uh, actually mm -hmm. uh, you know plays a pretty pivotal role in this whole thing, you know. Yes, very young uh, male uh, Chinese boy. Um, the cool thing is 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 excellent fluent Italian. Uh, the, uh, of note, folks, this is not dubbed. This movie, there's no English track. It is Italian with subtitles, baby. On Shutter, I was so happy for that, weren't you? Oh man, I, man, I would much rather read subtitles <laughs> than have yes. any, anything dubbed. You know? Yeah, no, no dubbing. Italian with the subs. Uh, I am wondering though if on the disc you have the English option with, uh, you know, what I'm saying there might be. I, I bet there probably is. Actually, something tells me there is. At least on the American Blu-ray, uh, I will have to pick it up and see. But I was thrilled to see that once it started and, the, and the, you know, the dialogue kicked in, that it was in Italian. Very happy about that. But I bet there's some some moron out there that was unhappy about that. I bet, I bet my life on that one. <laughs> Including, you know, actual horror fans who just don't like reading subtitles, period, which is a goddamn shame. You're missing out on so many great movies, man. All those French films, mm -hmm. you know. All these Italian films, all that stuff. Totally, totally. Uh, the idea for Dark Glasses goes back to 2002. 
when the film had a different producer in mind, Vittorio Gori, uh, Gori's company went bankrupt, uh, which put the project on ice, and it was shelved until uh, Dario's daughter, Asia, kind of rediscovered uh, this film while she was writing her own autobiography, Anatomy of a Wild Heart. Um, so apparently, I guess the reason why there's, you know, literally like a 10-year gap between Argento's films is because at one point this was going to be made sooner, but I guess because of, you know, problems with the uh, initial company that was going to put it out, it sat. That's kind of what I got from that, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, I can see that. I mean, this is, um, I'm looking something up here real quick. Sure. Ileana Pastorelli, do you know what other films she's been in? I was trying to, I, I was, I remember when I was putting my notes together, I was like curious about if she's been in any other films like this. Um, no, but she's done a, a Italian fare. Uh, All You Need Is Crime, Brase Ragazze, For to Dinner, uh, Blessed Madness, literally under 10 credits to her name in Italy. So, uh, beautiful woman, Michael. Would you agree? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And she has just like that look that of a woman actress who would be in a movie like this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of experience working as a model. She reached notoriety in 2011, participating in Grande Fratello 12, which is an Italian version of Big Brother. Uh, which, you know, which she, I guess, caused quite a sensation. So she's she's known in Italy, basically, is, is what I'm, I'm getting the gist of. Uh, now she will definitely be known in the horror world in America, especially among Argento's fans. Would, would you guess that would be a correct statement? Yeah, I, I'd like to see her do more films like this, actually, because I think um, you know, her aesthetic really fits. You know, yeah. even, though, even though the you know, Gialli are uh, you know, a period kind of thing, I kind of mm-hmm. would like that more, to see more films like this. And I feel like there was a little bit of bump in interest in this type of film in the recent years. Right, right. She has the look, dude. She literally almost looks like she's from the early 80s. Like, she looks like the girl at the end of Tenebrae who gets her arm cut off. Like, she has that, that black hair and the red lips, like this striking. She literally looks like she was born to be in a Jalo film. That's what she looks like, which yeah. is a pretty cool look. Yeah, 100%. 100% <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, actually, you know, this, this movie very much... More so than his film Giallo, <laughs> actually, this Way movie more. really captures the atmosphere of those movies. And you know, like I said, you know, we've said it before on this show. It might not be your cup of tea, you know, like mm-hmm. watching these weird Italian movies that we like because it's definitely a vibe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I love the I love that style. You know, there there's like a little bit of a far fetched element to it. You know, there's right. the, the way the action happens. You know, the violence is like very specific. There's a very specific way they do violence in these movies, mm-hmm. and the, and the plots. You know, it's uh, exactly yeah. I just I really just like the whole atmosphere of Giallo films. Mm, I agree, hundred percent. I mean, I'm a tremendous fan, long time fan. I enjoy 
even the really shitty ones I still kind of enjoy, but when they're done well, uh, you know, it, it's certainly well worth sitting there and watching them. Uh, the plot of this movie, folks, uh, Eliana Pastorelli as Diana is an Italian escort who was attacked and blinded by a serial killer in an attempted murder. While escaping the attack by car, she meets a young Chinese boy who assists her later on uh, due to her lack of sight. Uh, Aja Argento, of course, is also in the film and also served as the film's producer. Aja's role as Rita, uh, as the, you know, blind, uh, not assistant. What, what, would you, what would you say Aja is in this movie? She's like a, 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 a blind, like, uh, not teacher. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would like say aid, she, like um, aid, right? She's an aide for the blind. Yeah, she she instructs recently blind people on how to get get around better. You know, right? There's like uh, you know, tell uh, you know, cell phones, how to navigate mm-hmm. their apartments. You right. know, uh, she sets her up with a you know with a seeing eye dog, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. Like on purpose, I've read very little about what this movie is because, again, I like to be surprised. All I did was see a trailer months back and I just kind of put it in the back of my head because I always knew it was coming to shutter and I wanted to be, you know, like a clean slate. Um, and for some reason, I was expecting Aja to have a very different kind of role in this, but she is very subdued in this movie. Not a huge role. And I, it's funny, like I, I was telling an, an, a, a, somebody that Aja is literally kind of turning into her mother as the years pass, Daria Nicolodi, and it has never been more present, really, than in, in this movie. Like, she's even starting to have her mom's voice, I think. Yeah, like, real, she real voices husky. now. Yes. Uh, from what I understand, Aja is a big cigarette smoker, and it has clearly affected her voice. She now sounds like her mom, which is wild. Uh, she used to have a very different sound to her voice, I feel like, because I've seen everything she's ever been in. Um, and in this, it's like, wow, she's she's like slowly morphing into her mother. Her mother was a beautiful woman. Aja is definitely a beautiful woman. But I feel like her she's she's like finally kind of reminding me of Daria Nicolodi more than ever. What about your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, man, totally. I mean, you know. Uh, it, also, she's more of like a supporting character in this. Yeah. Um, in this film, mm-hmm. you know, I would I would say that uh, that the uh, the Diana character is more of the star. You know. The, yeah. Elania Pastorelli. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, have you seen um, sad the sad episode of uh, Parts Unknown where she's in she's in it with uh. Have you seen any of that? I saw an okay years back. I saw an episode that she was in with, uh, you know, Bourdain, where they were like super in love and into each other. That's the only thing. I like that's it. Like I saw one episode, you know, prior to the whole tragedy. Um, that's it. Yeah, she comes um, off real, real cool. I, I like, I like her in that. Yeah, she. Just, yeah, her personality's no. like really cool. I know. I know that. Look, we are not going to discuss the the controversy between uh, Bourdain and Argento. That is, uh, I don't know. I have I have an opinion on it. I'm not even going to share my opinion on it. How about that, Michael? Uh, no, nah, I don't. I don't want to. 
have any exactly. commentary on that. You know what I mean? No, no. Uh, rest in peace, Mr. Bourdain. Ajo Argento, we, we are fans of you and your work. And, and that is all I will say there. Um, back to the actual film. Um, it reminds me, especially the, the beginning, reminded me of Tenebrae. Did it remind you of Tenebrae much? A little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, a lot of scenes of just like, tr- you know, travel, you know, through, mm-hmm. uh, just taking place in Rome, I believe, right? I think so, yes. I feel like they didn't say exactly if it was, I mean, that was the vibe I got. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to stay Rome. I know he shoots a lot of his stuff in, in uh, Turin, uh, but it, it's like last several prior films, but I think this one is Rome. Um, nice looking film. Certainly, uh, you know, I, again, it looks like, while I don't know what was spent on it, uh, it is not listed on its Wikipedia page. I couldn't really find the budget. It looks considerably better than his last three films. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's what I was getting at earlier, was that um, they spent some money and they, they decided to hire an actual uh, cinematographer, I think, to, to shoot this film, you know. Mm. Instead of on a camcorder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? It's getting mixed reviews so far, which, hey, comes with the territory, right? I think, look, man, your your Carpenters, your Romeros, your Cravens, your Argentos, your, whose early to mid-period work is up on such a fucking pedestal, right? And it's so important, and it's so criticized and dissected that their work when they're in their 70s or 80s is it's almost unfair to compare do you do you think what do you think about that yeah but i mean all right look we had uh a pretty good movie by david cronenberg come out recently yes that's very true yeah and that you know and he had a couple of misses along the way you know, mm-hmm. with some with some are arguable misses. Some people I I like some of those movies. Right. Um I kind of felt like this is similar to what's going on with Cronenberg, because this movie way better, infinitely better than anything he's done in about twenty or thirty years. Mm-hmm. And might be indicative of maybe a resurgence for him. You know, because this this actually this movie held together really well shot mm-hmm. really well it looks better than like dracula 3d did like mm-hmm. i said you know um I, I i don't like those criticisms you know what i mean Me neither. yeah yeah i mean it's like the guy who made suspiria makes this now and it's like fuck you dude dario argento is 82 years old ladies and gentlemen um he's been making movies since 1970 okay it is 2022. That is a long time. Uh, I mean, anyone still making movies, still out there, you know, still putting out new shit should be fucking applauded. Like people like him and Cronenberg, Scorsese. I mean, my fucking hat's off to these guys. Clint Eastwood still directing fucking movies. Post 80. It's like, come on, man. That's I think that's a beautiful thing. I think it's not, you know, 
uh, something that should be like cast aside or I feel like you can't compare anybody's shit from 30, 40, 50 years ago to what they're doing today. It's just, it, it, they're, they're unfair comparisons in, in general. Um, I will say this movie, oddly enough though, reminds me of a movie he did make 50 years ago called The Cat of Nine Tales, which was his second film with uh, Carl Malden as a blind main character. Michael, how about that? Yeah, but also like, like I would also put this film in in league with some of the stuff he was doing in the eighties, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, it has it has eighties vibe. Yes, it, I I would agree. Uh, especially <laughs> this movie takes a few absurd moments, much like Phenomena did, did much like you know uh, demons and like some other things that he was involved with in the eighties and opera. Look. Those movies are great, and people regard them as classics, but they're, they're, they have their absurd, you know, moments to them. Um, Dario's love and obsession with animals is ever present in this film. Uh, one could say there is uh, a even a callback to Suspiria in this film with the use of a large German Shepherd, right, Mike? A heroic dog, yes. Yes, not one who is going to, you know, not a not. Like the dog in Suspiria who, you know, turns into a vicious maniac. However, without giving the the dog's moment of glory away, the dog, you know, takes care of business when he has to, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, since this is a giallo film and a lot of it has to, uh, like the payoff is not knowing who the killer is. You know, we're not, we're not going to give away any of that information. No, you know I mean? no. Uh, I it's funny I, I was struggling with that for a minute and I was like you know what no nah, it's a brand new movie let's not fuck it up um, so that you know we can discuss it to a degree but without saying who the killer is and and get a little more into the overall plot um, the funny thing about this movie <laughs> is that even though our 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 main character uh, you know she's a prostitute she's living a very dangerous kind of edgy life um once she is blind she goes back to being a prostitute which i thought was interesting did you find that a bit interesting yeah um <laughs> you know i was thinking about that because uh you know she was like you know maybe some people would be into that and i was like you know maybe maybe there is there's all kinds all kinds of kinks out there with people you know um and <laughs> it's funny uh, one of its reviews in, in The Guardian, Peter Bradshaw of The Guardian, made it a point to point that out. Like, he was not super dazzled by the film. He goes, director is not particularly interested in the idea of Diana changing or growing as a person in all of it. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a point in the movie where she's like, we're running out of money. You know, and that's yeah, not yeah, when, right. when, you're in a, when you're in a situation like that. That's not where you start taking chances. You know what I mean? She knows that she's got clients, mm-hmm. you know, she's got people that, you know, and you get the impression that they're these long, you know, long standing clients. You know, there's guys well, yeah, that there's like two years. in particular, those older kind of guys. There are two older gentlemen who are rich who seem to absolutely take care of her and don't seem to mind that she's blind. And, you know, um, but look, look, this is Dario Argento. 
this is a giallo. The old 82-year-old is still got, you know, his old school kind of semi-sleazy vibes. No? I mean, a little bit. Like, I'm not that you. I think this movie is, like, I don't really think this movie is, like, you know, detrimental to women or anything. But Dario definitely keeps it some of that, that 80s kind of sleaze in this 2022 film. What do you think? Well, I first of all, I, I expect to see a fair amount of that kind of stuff in a, in a giallo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's kind of like one of the defining characteristics of the style. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, addressing her prostitution, you know, career. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't seem particularly abused. You know, she's got uh, steady clients, you know, older right. gentlemen. It's like you were saying, they kind of take care of her. Like she's not mm-hmm. out, she's not addicted to crack, like out on the street nope. or something. Occasionally Healthy. she'll take on some new guy, but mm-hmm. there's like the sense that there might be a very, like a, a layer between her and the streets. You know what I mean? And there yeah. is one point where some guy tries to get fresh with her. Right. And, and she fucking smacks him around and maces him. So there's like, yeah, there's like some, uh, yeah, that's a good scene. Yeah, she you know. maces him twice. Actually, she maces the motherfucker twice and kicks him right in the balls and pieces out and leaves because she didn't like where it was going. Yeah, you know. so yeah, it, it, it's actually empowering more than any kind of like you know degrading. It's definitely not degrading. Well, because you know, there's a big discussion these days about sex positive and like sex worker rights and things like that. You know, and I think that yeah, Dario is an older guy. Um, yeah, it's a little sleazy, but mm-hmm. I think that that prostitution angle is pre- presented in a fairly uh, respectful, modern way. That's yes, that's how I'm going to agree with that 100. Um, percent And again, honestly, nudity in horror movies is not that prevalent anymore. It was almost nice to see some nudity in a horror movie. Uh, you, you just don't see it like at all. I feel like, you know, um, I'm even wondering if there's any in, in terror, a terrifier too, perhaps, you know, uh, but I, I mean, I've just heard crazy, crazy good things about that one. And, um, you know, again, like I said, at the top of the show, maybe I'm just so giddy to see a new Argento movie. That's good. (laughs) That maybe my, maybe I'm blinded. Uh Uh-huh. No pun intended, you know? (laughs) Um, The thing is, it's also nice to see, like, you know, uh, Asia, again, is more in the background. This is not her movie. Um, I felt like I wasn't sure what I was really getting. Like, and then once it was kind of established, I was like, oh, she's a fairly small part of this movie. Um... And it, I was happy to see Dario you know, work with someone else because I feel like his daughter has been in a lot with him, you know, and which is fine. I think it's, it's actually a beautiful relationship. Uh, it was good to see that the star was someone else, Mike. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I too expected uh, Asia to be more, um, you know, front and center in this one, but she's more of a supporting character. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, there's there's definitely, you know, the, the animal uh, obsession Argento has that he has to have some kind of animal and almost everything is done is in this uh, by way of a dog and by way of a scene with sea snakes, Michael. Uh, <laughs> there's a scene. I mean, is that what they are? Sea snakes? Is that is that the, my proper terminology there? Yeah, that's what I would call. Yeah. They're like. There's a scene where uh, our, our heroine and the young boy are, are trying to escape the killer at night in a you know swampy-ish area, and they're in this water, and they get accosted by, like, water snakes, and it was kind of out of nowhere, right? I was pretty surprised in that scene. Were yeah. you? Yeah, I, I was, and but that that definitely follows suit with uh, Argento's, uh, you know, use of animals in his films. Yeah, yeah, and it's like they're biting them, and you know, I, I I will say that they they kind of they kind of get away rather easily. Ultimately, I mean. now let me let me ask you a question: Do you think mm-hmm. in the United States that some people may find it somewhat insensitive? culturally insensitive with uh the young chin in this movie the chinese uh boy maybe i mean look i don't i don't know why directors and writers do what they do i don't i like sometimes i just go with the flow in a movie and in this movie i'm like i'm gonna say i chose to go with the flow i chose to not really analyze or overanalyze certain things uh, I, I I actually landed on thinking the relationship between Diana and Chin was kind of cute, although at times there was a time where it's like inappropriate. There's a scene where she's done with a um, with a customer, client. okay, yeah, <laughs> of the client, and then she, you know, don't get me, Chin is not there when she's entertaining the guests. She lives in a very large, like two floor apartment, and she even has like a housekeeper. And she, she seems to have quite a bit of money uh, as, as a call girl. Um, and she comes downstairs, and Chin is like kind of looking at her and smiling and going, It's okay. Like, I know what you do. Yeah, it's <laughs> like my cousin. My cousin does the same thing. <laughs> my cousin does the same thing. Like, I was like, Whoa. And I'm just like, He's supposed to be like how old, eleven or twelve or something. Like, uh, I was dying in that scene. Um, look, only if you're really kind of uptight, uh, is you'll you'll be kind of upset by some of the things in this movie. I, largely, I, uh, I don't know. I think it's again, you you got to go with the flow. A little suspension of disbelief here with some of this movie, Mike. You know. Well, yeah, I I. I don't have any feelings about it, but you know, since we're you know into in the business of anal- analysis, you know, yes, I, yeah. I was um, watching the film, and all right, you know what? I mean, and this might just be saying more about me. Uh, they kept referring to him as like you know the Chinese kid, the the escaped mm-hmm. Chinese kid, you know, or something like yes. that. And part of me was like, is this some like long duck dong kind of stuff? Like from 16 candles right, where, right. where they're yeah, like using, yeah. using the fact that he's Chinese as like, kind of like, I don't know. They're like, you know, as, as a, cause he could have easily not been Chinese. You know what I'm trying to say? Yes. Yes. Then I was thinking there is, there's a chance. Okay. It was in Italian with the subs 
But I almost feel like some of those subs were they all correct? Like, because some of the some of the things they said were just odd things to say. Period. I thought not even necessarily uh, on his in his scenes and on him, but like some of some of the dialogue just came out weird. And look, maybe not everything in Italian translates properly conversationally, but yes, I did notice that. And I don't know if there was any malice intended or, or comedic, you know, folly intended. I just kind of left it as I didn't know what to think and just kind of went with it because I, I actually got a kick out of the kid, you know. And I thought the relationship between a young Chinese-Italian kid and a, and a call girl was so absurd that I just went with it, you know. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm fine with it myself, but, you know, since we're talking – in a, in a larger sense, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, some people might find my, I was curious if people were complaining about that, I guess. So far I've seen nothing, but what, will that raise an eyebrow or two? My answer is yes, it will. <laughs> it definitely will. I mean, I don't care. Um, fuck. I don't care either way, yeah. honestly, but yeah. I just think it's a talking point, you know? It's 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 almost like when when all these new typo negative fans start really reading Pete Steele's lyrics and going, oh, you know, like, oh, this is what he thought. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, yes, he's this tall, you know, sexy guy. You know what I'm saying? But behind all that vampire facade was was a real man with real thoughts and thoughts about you know, you name it, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and those thoughts and opinions may not jive well with some of his, you know, millennial and Gen Z fans, let's be honest, you know? Um, however, this time, I do think uh, Dario or the people behind the movie, they, 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 you know, they cast who they cast. And again, it's just, it's, it's look, it almost adds to just keeping in line with Jallos always having a bit of like a what the to them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and this is just in that sense in 2022, you know. I thought the kid was great, like you know, he was I, I, I thought it was a very interesting choice of like you know, to to like a buddy film, quote unquote. <laughs> Although it's not a buddy film. But it could be though. Yeah. Well, um, the thing is, what we didn't really say though, although we don't want to, we don't want to give a lot away. Um, you know, the reason that they become connected is because in this car accident that she is involved in with the killer, uh, it ends up killing his real parents and leaving him as an orphan, and that is how their life becomes intertwined, right? Yeah, that that's uh, that's true. actually we never really discuss, discussed how she became blind. So in this accident, she has a head wound, which uh, mm -hmm. which makes makes her blind. You know, so that's yeah. why she's blind in the first place. And uh, yeah, so she feels somehow responsible for um, you know Chin being in the situation that he's in. So she kind of at first he's like a runaway, and the police come looking for him. Mm -hmm. Now this is right. where we have the overzealous cop. And his more reasonable, yeah. uh, you know, partner. And I thought that yeah. was kind of funny, too, that scene. Um, yeah, I will say this. A lot of people 
there's a lot of a pretty decent body count in this movie. Um, and the reason why the cast is so small is because a lot of the smaller cast is killed, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. all people are down. done away with in this movie. Yeah. And uh, to me, one, probably what I think was the best kill in the movie was the very first one um, of, a, of another uh, prostitute, actually. Uh, which, again, won't say how she's killed, but that kind of set the tone uh, for the movie very early on in the beginning. That was a sick scene, huh? Yeah, that opening scene kind of sets the tone, you know what I mean, for the entire movie. And that's when I was like, all right, cool. We're, we're watching, uh, you know, a giallo. You know, yeah, like no, exactly. It's got the black gloves. Yep. It's got the music. It's got a beautiful woman. A knife. That's, yeah, like I, there was a lot to get excited about for uh, if you're an Argento fan who's been waiting for him to do something better. And there's also things to be excited about if you're a Giallo fan waiting for a new Giallo to come out. Um, you know, this, the people into this stuff, the numbers are not huge, folks. You have me and Mike Hill, and we, of course, have a bunch of you listening. But I feel like this is a, it's, it's a subgenre that is not the slasher subgenre. It is not the vampire subgenre. It is not the zombie subgenre. It's a, it's, it's a small little club, so to speak, Mike. Would you agree? Yeah, and also it's, it's a uniquely European thing. Even though there are some American films that borrow from the genre, you know, mm -hmm. we've, we've talked about them, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like a very uh, unique, very specific type of, uh, you know, style. Right. Um, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see you know, in the coming weeks, uh, what people will be saying about this movie. I, like I said, I've kind of stayed away from it, but now once we've had the episode out and I've seen the movie, I, I do want to see what people thought of it. Um, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, it's got 56% based on 43 reviews with an average rating of 5.4 out of 10. Let's be honest, that is not the place I would go to for this kind of movie uh, to see uh, some shine, would you? I never pay attention to any of that stuff, man. A lot of movies I love get shit on by Rotten Tomatoes. So I just, yeah. uh, I go by word of mouth, you know, people I know, things like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, interesting note from uh, Michael Nordin at Variety. Uh, While well, those blindly devoted to Argento will fail to see how patently ridiculous his latest offering is, only those immune to the puerile charm of attack dogs Eclipses and water snakes will fail to enjoy dark glasses even a little. Uh, so he, he liked it. Didn't love it. He liked it. IndieWire gave it a B plus, calling it a spiky giallo that wants nothing more than to be labeled return to form. If it falls ever so short, you've got to give it points for trying. Now look, that's interesting that he said that a return to form. I don't know if I would go as far as to say it's a return to form for Argento because again, man, like, like his last, for me, his last total banger giallo in a way might've been Tenebrae with, with sleepless below that. I actually think opera is just okay. I, like a lot of people love opera. I don't like love opera. Um, you know, but I will say this, much like this reviewer in IndieWire, it does come close to a return to form. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, 
he hasn't made a movie this good in a, decades, man. So yeah, I, I would call mm-hmm. that a return to form. You know, it's yeah. the closest yeah, I mean, thing he's made to his mm-hmm. heyday. You know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think some of these people are looking at things like the water snakes and some of the clunky dialogue, and they're just, I don't know, they're they are not kind of, they're not remembering their old jails, perhaps, or they've never seen their old jails, or, you know, uh, they're, they're stuck on, this guy made Suspiria, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, you kind of got to put that to the side, I think, for this movie to, to get more enjoyment out of it. That, that's that's what I think, you know. So not, uh, not I, to accept something shitty, not to accept not to accept a subpar movie just because. It's just that I feel like it's never going to live up to his best four or five movies. It's just not going to do that. It's not deep red. It's just not, you know. Yeah. What uh? What would you give this movie in our in our rating system here? You're gonna be surprised. Okay. But it gets a 3.5. Wow. Okay. Not a four. It's not a four because I feel like, I felt like four was a little high because I don't know. It's almost like a 3.5 plus in a way. Like I, I I don't know. I kind of changed my mind. It was a four, but I landed on a three, five. Three means see it. Three point five means absolutely see this movie because you do need to see this movie. It's a good movie. I just wasn't sure if it was a four star for me, um, because it does get clunky and it is silly, but it was super enjoyable. You know, um, who knows? Maybe I will land on a four. But today, like after my thoughts and my notes, I did land on three point five. What about you? <laughs> Well, this is how I arrived at my score, okay? I was like, this is a B-minus film, okay? Mm. Now, what roughly coincides with a B-minus is 3.5. I thought you were giving us a 4. No. I did. No, I... I, Oh, maybe maybe I graded a little bit on a curve knowing what Mm. what the rest of his, like, best material is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Because it is superior to some of the other films. But once again, we're comparing this to movies that are like 40 years old at this point, you know? I know. And like, like, listeners, you don't need to see Dracula 3D. You don't need to see it. Like, I don't even give Dracula 3D a three. Like, you know? You need to see it if you are an Argento completist. I'm an Argento completist. I had to see the fucking movie, okay? Um... This 3.5 comes with like a bullet, like, you know, like check this movie out. Uh, this may even end up in the top five for me of the year. How about that? With a 3.5. Hmm. Because okay. I enjoy this movie, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, who knows? It could be a four, it could be a four, but I landed on 3.5 and it's very interesting that you did as well. Interesting. Yeah, it's definitely not a four in my reckoning, but it's not a three. And like I right. said, it's a B minus piece, you know, and that, mm. that's how I, I got a three five. And the fact that you might list it in your one of your top five is like strong. 
You know, that, that's yeah. like a very powerful statement there. It's almost like how... It might be. It yeah, might be. Like how, how, how like a fighter can get like a title shot coming off a loss. You know what I mean? Mm. It's interesting. It's reminiscent of how did the Mets win over 100 games and they didn't make it to the playoffs. How about that? It's reminiscent of that. Yeah. Very, uh, very yeah. sad to start it. Um, as a Mets fan, very yeah. uh, interesting year. Perplexing is the word. Um, <laughs> why are they not playing baseball right now? They won so many games. Um, <laughs> but yeah, again, it was it was fun and good to see a movie like this again, a new movie from our old pal Dario Argento, eighty-two, making movies. Apparently, that uh, he, he wants to make another one. Uh, I need to see him acting in that movie he did, My Kill. Oh, uh, yeah. What the hell's that called? It that sound oh. that movie sounds like real fucking depressing, man. <laughs> I know, yeah, like like I want to see it, but I'm a little afraid to see it. Yeah, it's isn't like, that a yeah, Gaspar No movie? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, Vortex. Yeah, it's called Vortex. Ah, there's that fucking word again, man. I know. Vortex. I know. Uh, it's a psychological drama. Uh, about uh, uh, you know a father and his wife and their son and I bet I, I don't know like it, it, they, the elderly couple struggling with declining mental and physical health of their adult son who's also dealing with significant personal problems. I bet it's dark. <laughs> well, you know it's Gaspar No too, man. That guy's like super dark. Yeah, and it's a hundred. It's a hundred forty-two minutes. I gotta see it though. I got. Yeah, I gotta I, make it. I, 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 I'm definitely gonna see it. Where? Where? Um, is it streaming anywhere, or can you rent it? That's a good question. I'm. I'm gonna look this up now because I. I feel like it should be. Uh, let's see. Gaspar, no. Where for takes in USA? No, no. Let's see. Vortex. Can you see this thing? I, well, it says it's on Apple TV for fifteen bucks. No, you can rent it. Six bucks. Yeah, you can rent it. Yeah. All right. Maybe, maybe not right now. Is uh, probably might not be a good time for me to see this because there's some shit that's, uh, you know, recent Mm -hmm. stuff going on in my life. But, um, but yeah, I definitely want to see it because I got love Gaspar No, Dario. I always back everything he does on some to some extent. You know. Yeah, uh, so, some some reviews. A devastating meditation on aging. Yeah, I don't, I, you got to be in the right head for that. Yeah, no, you know? that, that definitely, definitely. But it, it's uh, it'll it'll be, it's going to be seen by some point. That's all Indeed. I can say about it. Yeah, I mean, I I try to see all of Gaspar Noe's movies. Um, Climax was amazing. Yeah, uh, I did not see Lux Eterna. Is experimental oh, film. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. Yeah, experimental movie. Uh, you know his his movies are are not not for everybody, but absolutely, uh, man. You know, they're uh, quite good. If you if you have the 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 head and the stomach for it, as they say, right? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, as I said at the top of the show, this is a very busy October, busy Halloween season. We're going to get to the movies that I, I'm pretty sure the listeners want us to get to. And I know I want us to get to, of course. So, you know, be patient. You will have a new episode every friggin' week, right, Mike? One way or the other, yes. <laughs> <laughs> One way, exactly, yeah. Not going to look. But yeah, there you have it. Our take on the news from Argento. Dark glasses. See this movie. Fun movie. Fun, fun wild ride. Actually, isn't this like the third episode that you and I have done in a row on this, Mike? Yes, it is, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, Jeff is okay. He will be back. <laughs> Jeff is okay. Yeah. In case anyone's wondering. Uh, Jeff, Jeff will be back on the program soon. And do not worry. Right, Mike? That's right. And you're actually going to get all three of us together fairly soon. That's right. For the old three-way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, guys. Remember subscribe 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 and tell a friend and uh hope you're enjoying the halloween season and we will see you next time right mike that's right take care everybody bye-bye